visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan, highlights, and in the spotlight. But first, as always, we bring you a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on Facebook, it is now Wednesday, December 30th. Otherwise, uh, if you're joining us on the radio, well, for you guys, this is going to be our last show of the year. It's already for you guys, December 31st. That's right. We did it. 2020 is over, pretty much. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Natalie Tso. Hello. Up next, we'll be talking about Taiwan's year of unexpected successes, looking back at all the things that uh, surprisingly went right for us this <laughs> in this year of calamity. Right. Then Taiwan's position as one of the world's safest locations during the COVID-19 pandemic gets some more international notice. And you won't be able to appreciate them until at least February, but hey, we're going to tell you about it right now. Taiwan's getting new passport stamps for visitors and visa holders. All that coming up next. Please stick around. This is, of course, the time of year when people look back and reflect and think about what's to come. Um, for most people, this year was a real doozy. I think a lot of us are, pre are happy to see the back of 2020. For Taiwan, though, things weren't all totally that bad. That's right. And there's actually an article that came out called The Year of Unexpected Successes in Taiwan. It is written by Lev Nachman, who is a scholar from UC Irvine. And friend of RTI, I believe. That's right. I've interviewed him. He's, he's an expert on political parties and mm. social movements in Taiwan. Um, so, well, And he's, he's very knowledgeable about Taiwan. And so he's been here, actually. He's pretty smart. He's not in Irvine. He's in Taiwan right now. Okay. <laughs> so um, he wrote an article saying, you know, Taiwan has done, and including President Tsai, has seen so many successes this year that were so unexpected. A couple of years ago, the ruling party has suffered a major defeat in midterm elections. Yeah, they lost some places that no one ever thought that they could lose even. Including the southern uh, city of Kaohsiung yeah. for the first time in like 20-some years. Like the candidate should have been a shoo-in. Right. And so people thought, oh, how are they going to claw their way back from this one? So, um, but interestingly that uh, opposition candidate got to be called, uh, the, yep. the mayor. But anyway, so that's, I guess that would count as a su success. Depending for, on who's, who you support. Yeah, for the DPP. We're not, we're not taking sides here. but We're not taking sides. Uh, we are lucky to have a couple of the people in the cabinet, at least. We can say that uh, Health Minister Chen Shijong people love. Yes. Uh, despite his recent uh, comments on pork, which I think have upset some people. Um, and also... Uh, 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 Audrey Tong, yeah, the oh, super yes. genius, the Mensa certified. Oh my gosh, she's done so much for Taiwan, and she can work in her sleep even. I know she, it's even amazing. Her sleeping hours. So we got just, to talk to her here in RTI as yeah. well. So we've got a lot of good people running the show. That's right, and uh, President Tsai actually was recognized by so many different um, publications. She was. Uh, named one of the most 12 most influential women of the year in the Financial Times, and um, there's so many. Well, she was for Time, Time, was Time Magazine, Forbes too, I thought. And Time. I th there's so many uh, mentions and highlights of her leadership because she has done a great job 
the nation has done a great job, not just her, but she was at the helm, you know, mm. and the vice president, of course, last year was also our top ep- epidemiologist. He is, by, that's his trade. So also another good, another I mean, good I don't, person on the I don't team, think right? when they swore him in, they were thinking about that no, the possibility, but, um, but having an epidemiologist as a vice president is not a bad move right. in a global pandemic. He's no longer the vice president. He decided not to go on to a second term, but right. still but he, at the beginning, he was there. He helped a lot. I mean, he led the SARS effort, right? right. So, because of our, you know, our past experience with SARS, um, we were much more on guard um, about viruses from China, contagious viruses. So when news of that hit in late December, about a year ago, we were already, you know, um, checking mm. people on flights and really starting to crack yeah. down on the issue. I got checked multiple times. Really? <laughs> and I, last December? Um, I came back in January and then I was uh, traveling before all the real shutdowns happened, before March, yeah. And uh, and even though I have a, a residency permit, even then, even still, like there was no fast track. Everyone had to get there, like wow. go through regular immigration. Like they were checking everyone. Wow. So, you know, Taiwan started boarding planes from Wuhan on December 31st, a year ago today. Yeah. I remember thinking like, it's going to be us that takes the brunt of this because that's what it was like during SARS. The rest of the world outside of East Asia really didn't, I don't think, feel that we were, it was scary, but then it just didn't kind of fizzled out before it got there. So uh, I think that's why, like, people re- from the U.S. Reversed the, expectations. Yeah, Europe, you know, they didn't, they weren't on guard. And uh, so we've seen what happened uh, throughout mm. the world, unfortunately. But um, Taiwan, you know, luckily, and, you know, with a lot of experts at the helm, we have contained it um, almost. I mean, domestically, there hasn't been much transmission. We, we had a little bit of an accident recently. One last week. Uh, that was the first in over 200 days. That's been dealt with. Yes. So. That guy got fired. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's getting treated, too. But, um, yeah, he got fined, you know, because he was out and about and breaking all these quarantine rules. And the rules have been made even more stringent as a That's result. So. right. Oh, and, well, we also saw our first COVID um Mutant case um, yeah. today actually confirmed. Oh, it was confirmed, I think, the 28th. Oh, yesterday. Okay. Well, anyways, it was announced today. It was announced today. So so we're having stricter border controls beginning this Friday. Yeah, we'll talk more about that, about border controls in a little bit. But uh, so okay. it, it sounds mostly like it's been a successful year for tying one, actually. Oh, that's right. Also, what about the rest of us? Well, also for U.S.-Taiwan ties, um, the U.S. support of Taiwan has grown a lot this year. They've shown support through acts in Congress, such as the... Taiwan Allies International Protection and the Taipei Act. Actually, that was last year, but it also just um, is to show U.S. support for Taiwan's diplomatic um, allies. And uh, also, we had some high-profile um, officials from the U.S. come visit us recently, the Health Secretary and also the Under Secretary of State, so um, to uh, kick off some economic dialogue. So we're seeing a lot of good things happening um, that are are quite new for Taiwan, actually, in terms of U.S.-Taiwan ties. I don't think that had happened in a long time, that sort of a high-level visit, at least several years. That's right. And even with uh, the incoming Biden administration, um, he is saying that things are off to an optimistic start. The um, Secretary of State nominee, Antony Blinken, took a phone call from our representative in the U.S. Uh, shall be Kim. So that's a good sign. Yeah. I'm so, you know, things are looking optimistic for Taiwan. Um, you know, even economically, we've seen growth this year, which is kind of rare. We're actually probably one of the only f- 
economies in the world that's seen not negative growth. Right. So, <laughs> so I think, I mean, we have a lot to be thankful for this year. And all of this was unexpected. Um, but uh, we're happy about that. We have some people. Okay. Can say hello Who's to them. Hi. So Rashid Naz from Pakistan. Hello. It's great to see you. And Douglas Norris says, I support you regardless of who the U.S. president is. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he says hi to both of us. Also, Henry Yumade, Happy New Year, RTI team. Hoping for the best in 2021. Watching and listening here. Fingers crossed. Yes, we do hope for the best in the coming year. For everyone. For everyone, <laughs> especially, you know, in dealing with this virus and the new strain of the virus. Mm. Oh, well, well, I mean, at least it wasn't all bad for us. And we got vouchers, too, to buy stuff. Oh, so did you buy anything with that? I got cabinets. Cabinets? (laughs) That sounds pretty exciting. Cabinets. I mean, what have I done this past couple weeks? I've redone my boy's room, and I'm just been so with the vouchers. Uh, not with the vouchers, but just yeah, just as a project. I mean, I get excited about these household projects. I don't know. I figured, well, we better spend them on something useful. So that's what we did. And it's not just us blabbing on and on about how safe and how great we are. Uh, people overseas are noticing that uh, when it comes to places to be in this pandemic, we're one of the safest. That's right. So there was a, an interesting tweet uh, from a doctor. And he said, you know, if you were an American and if you moved to a different part of the world <laughs> <Embraced here. laughs> um, uh, during this year, what would your chances be of dying compared to if you were in the U.S.? And if you, this, if an American had moved, let's say to, um, oh, okay. So if it moved to, let's say, uh, Denmark, Norway, and Finland, their chances of dying would have been five to times to ten times lower than the U.S. Those are usually like the best countries for everything. Yeah. Denmark, Norway, and Finland. They lead, you know, they lead in. They lead everything. in almost everything. But um, if you had moved to South Korea or Liberia or Hong Kong your odds of dying would have been 50 to 60 times less than in the U.S. And if you had moved to Taiwan, it would have been 3,400 times less likely than if you stayed in the U.S. So we actually do have Americans who have moved here just, you know, during this time to shelter in Taiwan. Shelter in place. Yeah. What about New Zealand? They're doing pretty well, too. They are doing pretty well. But, you know, we were singled out. I think we're doing probably the best in the world because we only had seven fatalities and about now about 700 cases. And we have about 23 million people. Roughly, yeah. Right. And we're right next to China. So I'd say that's a very good record. Um, Someone is asking about that. How much of Taiwan's success is luck? It's easy to say you're smart when you're just lucky. Oh, well, uh, I don't. I think that they had been pl- planning for this. Um, that's true. I think, I, think I think we've made our own luck in a way. I mean, we had ex- a bad experience with, with SARS. SARS. If we didn't have the SARS experience, I we would not have been on our guard. Just as you know, much of the world did not have a bad experience with SARS. But also, like um, the digital minister who we were mentioning, who can, who's a, a super genius and can even work in her sleep. Like, really, she was a big part of that too. They used digital innovation to like track things to and, track people I mean, and also of, to um, to, to uh, distribute masks. So no, this was not this was not luck. Um, it was a lot of hard work too. A lot the, of hard work. The mask production went into overdrive. It went and like they had a very ten times. They they revved it up about ten times as much as usual they bought new machines online i mean there was a it was a coordinated 
calculated uh, approach that they took. You know, in and the very beginning, I thought we were too cautious. Because mm. when we heard of this, you know, they said, kids don't go to school. My kids went... Like, after Chinese New Year, they had to stay home for another two weeks. I'm like, what? There's not even hardly anybody getting sick. Why are you doing this, you know? And then there's, like, you know, all these masks and temperature controls. But now I'm so glad that not temperature controls. <laughs> people are taking your temperature. Uh, I don't know about that because, I mean, a lot of people are asymptomatic, but it is But I think, know. you know, Taiwan has been very cautious. No, you, trying to you say. have to wear masks everywhere. And by and large, people do it, unlike in certain other parts of the world. That's um, true. It's, they do uh, it without... You know, complaining about us. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all around in public transport. Uh, yeah, pretty much anywhere in public, uh, people are wearing masks. So I think uh, actually hard work and preparedness more than luck. Yeah, that's right. So. But we do hope that the whole world uh, gets better. We're not trying to like you know um, pat ourselves well, on the back, but you know it's just it's it is something that people are reporting on. They're we noticing we, it. Yes, talk about it. And when people notice us, that uh, we we we, 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 we notice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So about the border, we were talking about this earlier um, because this mutant strain of COVID nineteen has been found. There's been a decision taken that pretty much anyone who is not a resident or citizen or related to a citizen, or like a VIP business person who has special permission, wow. uh, well, no one else is getting in for a month-long period starting January just 1st. Just a month, huh? Yeah, just a month is what they're saying. But when you do get a chance to come back, whether that be in the coming months or hopefully in the coming months, um, you, will be, you will find on your passport a new stamp, a brand new redesigned stamp. And I don't know if you look at these things, but I nah, like I like I looking at them all. So what does it look like? I like looking at the ones like when I go traveling. Oh, you know what? Okay. How they all every country has its own oh, style. Some I of them are kind of plain and boring, but some of them I like, like the languages, really, the different languages. Are yeah, interesting. some of them are creative. Um, so the one we're going to get, well, the, well, first the one we have for those who haven't seen it before, it features the national flower, which is a plum blossom, and it's been in service for uh, a number of years now, and they think that, uh, it's time to. To change things, though, because it's been eight years, and the idea is that a new stamp would throw would-be counterfeiters off guard. It's harder to fake it. If so these... how do you like the new stamp? I mean, you're, you um, look at these things. Well, it hasn't come out yet. It's oh, going to okay. come into force January 1st, when coincidentally the borders are shut pretty much for most people. But anyway, eventually you'll see it uh, if you come here. Um, it features a uh, map of Taiwan that breaks out of the frame. You know how they have sort of a square or a, some cases like a diamond shape? Um, the, the outline of Taiwan will sort of bust out of a corner, and that's supposed to show that we're busting out of a tight diplomatic situation where we don't have a lot of wiggle room internationally. It also features, um, and this I didn't, I would not have noticed this if I hadn't been told, uh, the letters TWN, an abbreviation for Taiwan, written in really squiggly letters inside the outline of Taiwan. Oh, interesting. And that, it looks like mountains. It's supposed to represent Taiwan's high mountains. Also, this will probably go over the heads of most people who don't read Chinese, but it is an interesting detail to note, and very subtle one. Uh, when you come in, there's an extra dot under one of the characters, a little bit that's been added, and that's meant to represent the desire for a bit or a few more visitors once the pandemic's over, which is cute. Oh. Um, like, they really thought so these much. things through. Yeah, yeah, so much to that stamp. Very subtle details, and it's a tiny little thing. Um, uh, in addition, uh, they've sort of revamped sort of the plane and uh, ship, because if you come in by plane, you get a plane. If you come by ship, you get a ship, and so on. Uh, like, the mode of transport you come in on is reflected in the stamp. 
Um, and that's, they've, that's they've, they've redesigned them. They look much, much nicer, I think. Uh, but they have kept the calligraphy from the original stamp that has the country's official name, the Republic of China. So, um, yeah, it's supposed to fight human trafficking and uh, stop any potential counterfeiting. So oh, you good. can't fake it. <laughs> yes, we want that. Well, we do have quite a few comments coming in. And I just want to say hello, uh, Douglas North. Douglas North said, when I think of this year, I think of the song So Long, Babe by Nancy Sinatra. (laughs) Uh, He also said, we could use leadership like that. Um, I think he's talking about Tsai Ing-wen. Also, he said, honestly, I am jealous of your president. Um, Setyo Budiono is writing from Indonesia and saying that uh, he's staying tuned. And Douglas says, Taiwan and President Tsai should be an inspiration to us all. Christine uh, Feline says, happy to hear you again. Happy New Year's to all. Amir Jamil says, hi, Natalie and John. Good evening. How are you both? I am from Pakistan. I'm at work now, my university. <laughs> Me and my colleagues are watching your live program. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you can watch Ho- us. Hopefully you're being productive while you're watching. I'm sure they are. I'm sure we're inspiring them in some way. No? <laughs> and uh, this year, goodbye, says Douglas North. Rod Har... Krishna Pillai says, Hi and Happy New Year to all. And Dwi Budi Rahardio says, Hello, John and Natalie. Well, okay. hi to all of you. So, hi. <laughs> So I really don't know what it is about the past month or so, but there have been tons and tons and tons of stories about invasive species. Yeah. I seem to be the bringer of news about invasive species lately. I don't know why. We've recently talked on this program about iguanas. iguanas. Yeah, but also other types of invasive lizards. And now it's a uh, fish. <laughs> this oh, time it's a fish. Really? The Amazon. It sounds exotic. Um, it doesn't look very exotic, though. Um, it's the Amazon sailfin catfish. And these are scary fish because of the crazy damage they can do to local the local environment. Really? And they've invaded a park near Taipei, in Taipei. They invaded a park? In, uh, they the came lake. out of water? I oh. don't, someone must have released them because I don't know how else they got there. And then they've been traveling around because recently when the area flooded, they found like them washed up. So they found them in nearby rivers too. They're getting around. And these fish... Uh, reproduce very quickly uh, at one and a, they can grow 50 to 60 centimeters in one and a half years and they um, can breed at one year old in addition they eat up to 3,000 eggs of other fish oh, a day that's awful yeah they like suck them out like vacuum that's awful like vacuum that off sounds the, pretty right? so whatever vicious. whatever native wildlife we have they're eating up the eggs along with the algae and moss and all sorts of other things that we need um, and so they're saying <laughs> They've been trying to catch them out of this lake in Bihu Park, which is pretty funny. I know that park. Um, I just can't imagine these guys trying to like... Well, they didn't use rods. They had like nets out there, casting nets and what they call long baskets and traps, trying to get them. They caught more than 80 Ooh, from this that's good. ordinary-sized lake. Um, and I learn all the time about these new groups. We've got something called the Taiwan Conservation Association of Native Fishes. So they're the ones behind this. Um, but they're saying that uh, they need a more comprehensive and regular way of catching them um, before they can stop the damage. Like I said, the, a nearby area was flooded a few years ago, and they found catfish washed up everywhere. So they already believe that's a sign that the local ecology has been effective. 
And even the river that floods ne- that's near RTI, the Keelung River, uh, has them now. So I've never seen one, but uh, they're, they're around. Um, and the worst thing is that their breeding season from May to August overlaps with that of many other Taiwanese species. And remember, they eat all the eggs. Oh, that's so too bad. So they succeed in the, in the local ones. Yeah, they can lay thousands of their own eggs and just basically crush out the competition, unfortunately. So um, there's a person involved in catching this fish who says that uh, they need work from the city government and civic groups. I guess we all need to volunteer to go catch these fish. I wonder if you can eat them. I don't know. Um, it would be nice if they were useful for some thing. They're kind of ugly, though. They're, like, black. Well, it's okay if yeah. they're ugly. <laughs> if they're edible, if they're, if they're delicious. Edible, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're trying to catch... Uh, they're trying to establish a routine long-term catching program with our Parks and Streetlights office, which is a thing. Uh, I guess they're in charge of our parks. Um, yeah, we're having all this trouble with iguanas and other lizards. I just wonder how all these things get here. I guess I know the iguanas are pets. Everybody but... wants to come to Taiwan. <laughs> there you go. That's Even the, the animals. Even the animals. Okay, I have a couple of people to say hello to. Okay. Fahad Gabobi. Hi, I'm watching from Somaliland. That's cool. We have a lot of friends there these days. That Thank is you, guys. Right. So, um, also... Brian Murray, mainland immigration authorities always try to avoid stamping the same passport page with Taiwan stamps. I didn't know that. I, I That's didn't interesting. Either. They're so sensitive, aren't they? Really? And um, have you noticed that? Um, I haven't been to the mainland in years and years, so. I haven't been there a long time either. Uh, well, you have. You're a citizen, though, so you have to use the the that card that they give. Oh, that's, that's right. That's true. Um, Fahad says Somaliland and Taiwan are friends. Ah, Jen Delari. Hi, Jen. I don't know if you're still up. <laughs> We're kind of late today. Hello and happy holidays from a late Jen again. Need to talk to Facebook about getting these notifications so late. And uh, Radha Krishna says, have you achieved the st- strategic partnership and sustainable development I'm this year? I'm not sure. I don't know. I have the, to find uh, out. The, the UN one? Because I know that we're always talking about the UN's... That's true. Uh, I think we try to live up to the, that. Was it the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals? I, something like that. It was the 20-something. And I know that we have definitely, even though the UN doesn't like us and we're not a member, uh, we still follow the rules anyway. We try and to be a try good to do our part. Yeah, part of the global community. Oh, Douglas says, oh no, the iguanas were bad enough. I know. Like, <laughs> where do all these things come from? And why have they all popped up in the last month? Even lizards want to immigrate to Taiwan. I, <laughs> I guess so. Um, I don't know. These aren't like things you would, tr- tr- you know, raise as pets, some of these creatures. So. so Amir also says, very interesting discussion. I also invite you, Natalie and John, to come to Pakistan for a visit. You will be our guest here. <laughs> that would be fun, but it's not a good time to travel. Huh? Yeah, traveling is probably I would love to travel. Moment. I do miss traveling. Do you miss traveling, John? Uh, um, yeah, I do. Um, I've actually taken buying like guidebooks to places I'd like to visit and just reading. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you been traveling around Taiwan? No, I don't think so because I see you here all the time. Well, that, yeah, we're we're, we're we're busy covering the news. <laughs> I would have noticed if he's gone. <laughs> Andrew's gone. He's somewhere. Is he? Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in eastern Taiwan. Is he? Uh, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Finally today, we bring you a story about a tomato growing contest. A Jai County farmer has won 94 rivals. I didn't know we had that many tomato growers here. To win the title of Master Grower at the Tainan District Agricultural Research and Extension Station's 10th Cherry Tomato Competition. Oh, cherry tomatoes. I know. And uh, they say that uh, this farmer who's from the Minxiong Township, which I believe is around where we have uh, one of our 
stations, our branch stations. Uh, Farmer there won a smaller competition than in previous years because the warm autumn kind of limited the size of their take. But they said that uh, this was some really great stuff. If you're a fan of cherry tomatoes, the station director says that they all represented the best of their regions and they were able to, all of the winners were able to produce quality harvests with an average sugar level of uh, about 10.1 grams of sugar and 100 grams of fruit, which is very uh, sweet. Are you into tomatoes? Um, I do eat tomatoes quite often, but um, I don't know that much about them. To, win the, to be I in the competition, they've got to be organic and have a traceability certificate and pass a test, pesticide residue test. So, uh, Taiwan tomatoes. I'm not sure if they're available near you, but apparently, uh, uh, well, definitely the people down south there where this competition was held are fans. Interesting. I know oh. if like growing the best pumpkin competitions and so forth. This is the first tomato growing competition I, I ever heard of. So. I guess there's competitions for all kinds of prod- agriculture products, all right. right? Well, that's about all the time we have for on today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Natalie So. Do stay tuned because coming up next, it is Hashtag Taiwan Highlights and in the Spotlight. Thanks to everyone who joined us today. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. This week, we're going to be talking about a controversial music video by a local artist named Fanny Liu. Now, Fanny Liu is an interesting case in that she's very pro-China in a climate where that's very pro-Taiwan. Her music video was quite unpopular at first. However, it gained some new life uh, in mid-May because of a parody that was created by a local artist. We'll dive into this very soon in Hashtag Taiwan. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about this lady, this dude, and these two music videos. Now, there's a lot to unpack this week, so let's just jump right into it. This woman is an artist known as Fanny Lu. She grew up in Taiwan, though she is controversial because of her pro-China views. RTI recently published a news article about how more people than ever think Taiwan should become a normal country, so Fanny's stance is rather unpopular. In the beginning of the month, Fanny released a video praising China. In the video, a man wearing green, which are colors symbolic of Taiwanese independence, attempts to remove Taiwan from a map of China. Check it out for yourself. Fanny lays the smack down on the guy and goes on to sing China's praises. She lists the Chinese provinces one by one, and then in the end says, Oh, China. The video has not been well received. As of recording, it has about 2,000 likes and 42,000 dislikes on YouTube. As you know, people on the internet, they like what they like and they absolutely hate what they dislike. But there's only so much you can do about content you don't like, right? What do you want me to do, dress a dragon through the hula? Uh, I know, I know, it's a lot to unpack. 
That's Brian Tang. He is a self-made talk show host in Taiwan, and he has a background in biology and neuroscience. But he's committed himself to a career in comedy, and oh boy, is he good at it. Brian made a parody of Fanny's song, listing off Taiwanese counties instead of Chinese provinces. Brian's music video is a near shot-for-shot remake of Fanny's. It replaces a lot of the lyrics and imagery with Taiwanese equivalents. And don't worry, Brian doesn't leave out the most important part. However, the fun doesn't stop there. If you look closely, the male model in both the videos are the same person. Now that's Guo Suting, and he's actually come out to say that he's thankful to Brian for giving him the opportunity to participate in the parody. Originally, Guo said he thought representing Taiwan in Fanny's video was a good thing, but he got a lot of backlash. Guo was worried that it was a career-ending move, but thanks to the opportunity Brian gave him, he said he felt like he redeemed himself. Now, anybody who is willing to dress themselves and drag and upload it to the internet certainly has my respect. Now, before we go, I'd like to actually encourage you to send me your ideas for a hashtag that I could do. If there's anything happening online in Taiwan that you'd like more information about that I could research and tell you about, don't hesitate to send us a message at www.facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. I manage the social media accounts and you'll get direct access to messaging me. That said, have a great day and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. This is Highlights, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Twenty twenty saw China get more aggressive with both Hong Kong and Taiwan. In Hong Kong, Chinese officials introduced a harsh national security law. Meanwhile, China has ramped up incursions into Taiwanese airspace and waters. Thailand also got pulled into the mix because Chinese netizens were upset that a Thai influencer said she was emulating a distinctly Taiwanese style. China doesn't like it when Taiwan is referred to as its own entity in any way. Internet users from Taiwan, Thailand, and Hong Kong banded together online to form the Milk Tea Alliance to resist Chinese pressure. Thailand, Taiwan, and Hong Kong have banded together and formed the Milk Tea Alliance. The name comes from a mutual like for milk tea, with each place having their own distinct interpretation of the beverage. The Milk Tea Alliance started as a unified pushback against Chinese netizens, but since then, it's evolved into something much more than that. It's caught the attention of Hong Kong activist Joshua Wong, and even the Ministry of Foreign Affairs put hashtag Milk Tea Partnership in a post commemorating a face mask donation to Thailand. When Taoyuan City Mayor Tsun Wenchan donated medical equipment to Thailand, they celebrated the occasion by drinking milk tea. The Taiwanese officials drank Thai milk tea, and the Thai officials drank 
Taiwanese milk tea, isn't that beautiful? The art surrounding the Milk Tea Alliance is absolutely adorable. You have beverages turned into cartoons or straight up humanized versions of milk tea from each country. Twitter user Sad Sad Potato posted this image. This is a flag apparently of the Milk Tea Alliance with different colors representing the milk teas from the different parts of the alliance. The Milk Tea Alliance turned out to be one of our most popular hashtag segments. Other countries like the Philippines and India also expressed interest in joining the alliance. Plenty of tea to go around, I say. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International from Taipei, Taiwan. Visit RTI at english.rti.org.tw. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and with me in the studio, I'm really honored to be interviewing Sherry Lin, who is a senior at uh, National Taiwan University, and she's studying international relations. She, in fact, I really want to say is that she is the youngest Taiwanese female to have reached the South Pole. Yes, so let's meet Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Shirley. You having traveled to South Pole, and in fact, you've also traveled to North Pole. Um, looks like you really want to get out there and see the world, mm-hmm. right? So that's why you want to study international relations. Yes, I think like ever since I was a little kid, I have been interested into really like exploring the world and to see how big the world is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, are your parents like that too? Like they like traveling. They like to tell you things about, you know, what's out there besides Taiwan. Taiwan is such a tiny little country, yes. island in this whole big world. Right? There's so mm-hmm. much to see out there. Yeah. So, are, are they like that? Are they like very open minded? It, it makes me feel like your parents are very um, optimistic, right? Mm-hmm. Are they optimists? Yes, and I'm really grateful that they they not only encourage me to. On explore the world, but they also like, for example, when I was nine years old, they just sent me to the U.S. like alone. So I was like a package, huh? and with the flight attendant to yeah, to yeah, yeah. visit my my aunt. So they really trust my ability to to like explore the world. Wow! Are you the only child in the family? Yes. Ah, that is great. Mm-hmm. So, and you were not afraid. I didn't know what is what afraid. it meant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 you don't know what me- means to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yes, I know people like that. You told me that you actually traveled to the North Pole before. Before you went to the South Pole. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about that? I mean, what happened? Uh, okay. Why were you there? So it's not exactly on North Pole, but mm-hmm. like Arctic region. Okay. So when I was in senior high school, I was participating in. Uh, an event by uh, a Swedish brand called Fjörven, and then it holds 
an Arctic adventure event every year, which is called on Fear of Polar. So it's still happening every year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But wow. because of the virus that oh, yeah, not this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it uh, invites participants from around the world. So I was the Taiwanese uh, Re- representative. Yes, exactly. And so uh-huh. uh, we use the dog sledding. From uh-huh. Norway to uh, Sweden, which is three hundred and thirty kilometers. So like, that's like how many days? Five days. Five days. And we camped in the snow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this is amazing. This is something that I only see on documentaries or in movies. You know, uh-huh. to actually meet someone right in, sitting in front of me right now <laughs> who actually went to the Arctic. I'm afraid of the cold. I would oh, really? never. If this opportunity came up, I would never sign up. <laughs> Is this the very, very first big challenge in your life besides flying on your own at nine years old? I, I would mean, say so. Yes, the very first big challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was when you were in high school. Yes, eighteen. So you were eighteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, just graduating. Yeah. Why did you want to go? I simply just felt that it's quite interesting, and I. When I was flubbing the phone and I saw it online, I think why not give it a try? And I sent it to my dad. He said, "Oh no, you are not going to that." And I was, like, "I'm going to." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Someone who is very determined. You know, uh-huh. you have your you have your own way of thinking. You you know what you want. You know, you know what you're yes. doing. Was it your first time seeing snow, or you've seen snow before? I've that? seen snow before because, uh, like. In the U.S. and also, I was an exchange student to Germany for a year, so okay. I had a gap year in my um, senior years. So during that year, I also went skiing in Austria. Nine years old was that the first time you went abroad? No, like no. out of Taiwan. No. no, it wasn't. No, I, I guess your parents took you, you know, like traveling every yes. year or something like that. Yeah. So how 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 many different countries have you traveled to? Currently. Around thirty. Can can you name some countries you've been to? Where was the Where was the very first country you traveled to outside uh, of Taiwan? Japan. Japan. Mm-hmm. And then, what other countries have you been to? You've been uh, to many, many more than I have. So, yeah. what other countries have you been to? So Europe could count for more than ten. Yeah. So Canada, U.S., Australia, Chile, Africa. No, not, not yet. yet. I would love to go to Africa <laughs> in the future. That's not my dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Egypt, right? You haven't. No, been, not right? yet. Okay, mm-hmm. um, India. Uh no, but Nepal. You've oh. been to Nepal with, yes. with your parents? No, alone, like with a group. With a group. I've, and I've done some like uh, international volunteer for in three countries, and Nepal is one of them. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. H- how long were you in Nepal? Two oh, weeks. Two weeks doing yeah. what? So it was on the year after the the earthquake. So oh, I in, was there uh, for okay. uh, in the village to help them rescue relief. Yes, yes, some sort of that. Oh mm-hmm. wow! So were you in the mountains? Yes, in the mountain, right next to Kathmandu. In oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Okay, so um, let me see. What other countries? Um, have you been been to Greenland? Oh no, but Iceland. Iceland. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's even to- better. <laughs> Okay, so you've been to Northern Europe, mm-hmm. like Sweden, Norway, yeah, all of them. Yeah, and also all Russia. Of them. Okay, Russia and Russia, mm-hmm. Mongolia. <laughs> no, but uh, like Ningxia in China. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. but what were those for? I mean, for different volunteer work or yes, yeah, that was my first volunteering work. Oh, that was your first. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Estonia. Yes. 
was that for volunteer work as well? No, it's was like it? this year. I went to Finland and it only... This year? Yes. So just before the COVID-19. Uh-huh. Okay. I was lucky. So I took a ferry to Estonia, which is just around, I don't know, two hours from... from uh, With your parents? Alone. Oh, uh, alone? Yes. You For the first time you traveled alone by yourself? I went to visit my friend. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, but you went by yourself? Yes. Yeah, nothing scares you anymore about flying, you know, um, going on website and then, you know, I don't know, reserve a plane ticket. It's That's a piece of convenient. cake to you now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other countries you still want to go that you have not been? And it's, it's part of your bucket list. Mm-hmm. What is, other countries? Israel. Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? I kind of feel like because like in the senior high school, I had an opportunity to go there to participate in a convention, but... Because of oh. I need to prepare for the exam, I need to just give it up. Yeah, uh-huh. I feel like it's quite a pity, so oh. I want to go in the future. And <gasps> it's a place full of culture and Middle yeah. East, mysterious. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, what other countries are you thinking of? You know, you're not picking any of those like real hot tourist spots like Bali Island, you know, in Indonesia. Like, you know, no, you're not thinking of those. I, I see that. You're not. That oh, you've one. been already? Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> Thailand, yes. For the Philippines, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Vietnam, yes. I envy you. Anyway, <laughs> this is amazing. And your parents went with you, like Vietnam and no. Okay, that was uh, like cultural exchange from cultural my exchange. junior high school. I I would say I'm really lucky. Let's say on the average in one year, how many countries do you travel to on the average in one year? Two to three. And they're either cultural exchange or volunteer work or things like that, right? Mm-hmm. None of them is like really for leisure. No. Do you have a family trip with your parents once a year? Mostly besides this year, but in Taiwan. Oh, mostly around Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Oh, your parents don't like that much about traveling abroad. No, no, no. If they have chances, but right now I prefer to travel alone. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, I know. You just explore on your own. You have your own itinerary. Yes. Right? That is amazing. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. So you were in the Arctic. It was actually a, a race, right? Mm-hmm. On the dog sleds. Yeah. Did you have to do training before you left for the Arctic? No, not at all. Because No training? No. That event is just for um, beginners who has like no previous experience because they want to test their equipment. Oh, got yeah. it. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like a commercial trip. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just got sponsorship and went there and to try on their equipment. Mm. But an experience of a lifetime. Right. Um, are you sporty? I would say so. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, what's your favorite sport? Mm, right now I'm doing bar, which is a sport combining ballet and yoga. Ballet and yoga? Yeah. Wow, it's my first time hearing that. It's called bar? <laughs> yes. Like B-A-R-R-E? Yes. Is that a French word? It sounds yes. like a French word. Yes. Okay. Oh, very interesting. But <laughs> to go on the dog sled, that, that race, I mean, you don't you have to train yourself physically? Don't you have to know how to ski? You no. Need, no, you don't. But because 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had chances to give advice to the participants in the future, <laughs> I would recommend them to have some training before that. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. It's one person per sled. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. With six huskies in front of you. Do you like animals? Yes, definitely. So you have to first really befriend yourself with these six huskies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they taught you that. I mean, you have to spend some time getting to know them. They get to know you, and yeah, that, oh the gosh. huskies are our first priority. <laughs> Wait. So when you were racing, I mean, could you see all the other teams? I mean, or you're pretty we much were, sometimes you were on your own. We were in Did, groups. Actually. You were in groups. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you yeah. you there's no fear of getting lost by yourself. No. Up in the Arctic, Arctic. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is amazing. I'm trying to picture it. You know. <laughs> Um, five days, you said. Yes. Were you ever sick? Did you ever get sick? Uh, only my fingers got frostbites. <gasps> But they're now okay. Yeah, they're fine now. Oh, I, I guess you do get well from you know like not so severe kind of frostbites because mm-hmm. I thought that you never get well from frostbites. But anyway. ah, okay, yes, not that severe. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but your fingers are not affected in any way. You can still use them very normally, right? Yes, now. Mm-hmm. that that is amazing. Thank oh God, my gosh, <laughs> I know. The other thing is that you get frostbite is your nose. Ah, uh, okay, but we we were covering uh, masks. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah, stuff. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what about food? What did you have for food? I mean, what do you eat? We have dry food. Dry food, just like what astronauts are eating. Really, mm-hmm. all, every all three meals a day is just only eat dry food. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Was there like dried fish or dried? There I mean, are what kind of flavors. dried food? Different flavors, mm-hmm. like spaghetti and also chicken curry, beef stew. Dried food. Yes. So, what do they look like? Like strips? I mean, what? In a package. Okay. Do and you heat it up? You do. Um, put hot water in oh, it. You do. Yeah, just oh, okay. like uh, instant noodles. Oh, yeah. and I thought that you eat them dry. <laughs> oh, it's just called dry food. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm learning so much. This is really amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. one thing I'm really curious. Yes. How do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> Everyone has the same question. <laughs> oh, it's just not me. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so in the Arctic region, it's easier. We just find a spot that's comfortable for us, uh-huh. and then yeah. Uh-huh. And went to the toilet, but for like in Antarctica, it's a different story. Oh yeah, we'll get to that later. Okay. So, did they have all the the route mapped out, mm-hmm. and then put marks there, and then have a little shift toilet there or something like that? No, further routes. There are no flags or so because no. we have uh, each group. We have a a guide. Okay. And the huskies know the way. Oh, so they don't need so any. <laughs> so amazing. Yes. Did you have to use a compass? No, we don't no, need to because mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like you're by yourself. You have to find your way. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds safer, mm-hmm. but I would still never go because <laughs> I'm afraid of the cold and I, I could never. But you've got warm clothes, so no worries. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I have to trust you. What were your feelings about that trip to the Arctic? I would say that was kind of the first time. I experience life and death because that was too cold. I was also afraid of cold, and because of like my fingers were hurt and yeah, yeah, I was I thinking, am I going to die? Oh, uh-huh. for a few how, times. So, how long did your fingers hurt from the frostbite? How many days? A few weeks. Really? Yes. Even like after you came back. Yes. That means. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's it. I'm definitely not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Really, I didn't have to go down the list of countries asking Sherry which ones she's been to, but I just love traveling and seeing the world so much. I'm just curious, well, and envious. And to think that at her young age, she already visits so many different countries, she'll always be on my heart as that young Taiwanese girl who went to the Arctic and actually raced with the Huskies. I feel like that's something you only see in movies. Next week, we'll get to hear Sherry Lynn. That's S-H-E-R-R-Y and the same Lynn as me, L-I-N, talk about her adventure way down in the southernmost tip of the world, the Antarctica. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lynn. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.